And today we're talking about something that we get asked a lot about. These are four common voicing mistakes. These are four mistakes that you might be making. And we're going to tell you some things not to do to make your voicing sound better. We'll get into the very first one. Yeah, which is exactly this is going to work. And that is um, you're doubling too many notes. Now, you're doing I, too much doubling, basically. Right, and you don't have to do this much. Like, you don't have to play as many notes as you think you do. And I hear this kind of voicing all the time. Mm. Right? Two C major sevens stacked on top of each other. Right. That sounds terrible. That's right. I mean, it just doesn't sound as full as it could sound or as, as rich as it could sound as if you, say, played like a C major 13... With That's a little space. A little, there's some space. Some there's no repeated breathe. notes in these voicings. Yeah. You know, a few years ago, I came up with this system for having voicings with uh, any kind of melody note on top and not repeating any notes. And for me to, to kind of create that really was a game changer. Um, and so anytime that you can break down what you're playing and take away the doubled notes, the repeated notes, yes, it's going to sound way better. And if it sounds thinner when you do that, then you probably have some weird architecture to your voicing that you need to take a note down an octave or up an octave or something like that. All right, number two is only playing rooted or only playing rootless voicings. You got to play to the sound. You can't just put these hard rules where it's like, okay, there's a bass player, so I'm never going to play roots. Or I'm playing solo piano, so I'm always going to play roots. Don't be so dogmatic with that. Sometimes a good rooted voicing when you're playing with a bass player just fills out the chord in general. Like it sounds... That sounds one way, but with that root on the bottom, it sounds a completely different way. Another example would be like this C7 sharp 11 without the root, right? So if we have a bass player, that sounds totally cool. But if I wanted a little punchier, I'll throw in that C. It's not too low. It's not going to be in the bass player's range. It just fills out the bottom end of that voicing. On the flip side, if I'm playing solo piano and just everything is just you know, yeah. like has the root on and I'm going down, it's going to get too monotonous. You can actually come up and play rootless voicings all the time. And learn your learn your uh, inversions for your solo piano voicings. Don't just go, you know, one, seven, three all the time. Like yeah. you can play more than the root. Okay, so the number three of the common voicing mistakes we hear, things that you don't want to do, and that is not considering what came before and after the voicing that you're playing. Context is king. Context is king. So what do we mean here? There's a nice F13 kind of thing, not a lot of doubling, nice kind of sound. And then we're going to go B flat on a blues. Ugh. Where are we? What neighborhood are we yeah, in? Yeah, exactly. We're all over the place. Yeah. None of those voicings are bad, but they're not part of a logical progression. Um, I mean, you might be within the chord progression in the form, but there's not like the voice leading isn't there. Now, not to say you can't jump up, but there has to be a musical reason to do it. And oh. you're still considering are you the dramatic thing. You don't love this sound? Very good voice leading, I would say. <laughs> Same shape, just moving Reposition. around. Yeah, I mean, no. when you're starting out, you know, when you're starting out, that's fine. But we don't want that when we when we are developing our voicing skills. When we're learning how to really comp accompany other people, yeah, we want to get great voice leading with the top voice, with yeah. the bottom voice, with the inner voices. That's like inner voice voice leading. That's like pro level stuff, right? When you're considering every note as its own voice, but you can start in the beginning with just simple voice leading on the top. 
So number four of our common voicing mistakes is you're not considering the dynamics when you're Ooh. playing. Wait, are we supposed to be thinking about dynamics? Yes, we, we are voicing? very much so. So okay. this can can work with uh, if you're accompanying someone or if you're even accompanying yourself. And I think both are important to consider. So when we're playing big, thick voicings, like if we're playing in a jazz context... Like how hard I'm playing is should be a consideration with what's going on. Like I can be much more supportive and swinging exactly with what you're doing, right? Yeah. And that's much more effective and actually more supportive and sounds better than if I'm just constantly yeah. like we're at a mid tempo, a little tipper here, and I'm just always like, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Or sloppy conversely, if I'm playing for myself. Like, I'm gonna cut down there. I'm gonna bring out the melody. You don't, you'll never hear me, you know. Yeah. Ah, just it forces you to just like be this player that you don't wanna be. Think about then how you're forcing other players to be. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? So, the first one, the king of the easy chord substitution, is really yes. the first one, like 101. It's rather difficult, actually. <laughs> it is. It, was, it is rather it's difficult very common, at first to get your mind around. And that's yeah. the tritone substitution. You've probably heard this if you've heard anything about jazz theory before. Did we play? Did we actually play this one in the intro? Because we did some complicated ones on the I intro. Forget, but I forget. I forgot it was easy. There's a couple of ways that you can think about it. Yeah. Um, the tritone substitution means that you're substituting on a dominant chord, on a five chord. In, in this case, if we do a 2 5 1 in the key of F, we have our G minor seven. We have our C7, and then we have our F. Right? Plain but F acceptable. Major 7. Yeah, plain but acceptable. Now, on the 5 chord, that C7, we can substitute that C7. Here I have a C dominant 9 chord for the dominant chord a tritone away. In this case, G flat. To the uh, don't, well, don't oh don't give it too much. Oh, that's, that's right. It's easy. Uh, easy. The G flat to the F. So yeah. instead of G minor seven to C seven to F, we have G minor seven to G flat thirteen right. in this case, but G flat dominant seven. And a lot of people would F. say, "Wow, it sounds like you hardly change things," but that's because not only did you change the root, you use good voice leading to keep things close. So you didn't go. Well, the reason why this works so well, if we look at the at the third and the seventh of C. Yeah. Right, we have E and B flat, BKA the shell, the shell. And if we look at the shell of G flat, we have F flat or E Similar. and B flat. It's the so same. So fussy notes. with your F flat. <laughs> well, it's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> but it uses the same shell, and that's why it sounds perfectly acceptable to. Although, if you play the violin in F flat. An E natural, slightly different. Slightly different, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Fussy, fussy, fussy. That's, you think I'm fussy. <laughs> so that's our kind of first level of easy chord substitutions. Can right? I just throw a little next level advanced thing that you can do Man, on this? We're going to get letters. No, 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 go no. Ahead. It's okay, still, go no, because this way maybe we can satisfy everybody. Okay. Because it's still basic, it's still easy. So G minor seven, F sharp. But think about going to the F sharp as your tritone substitution, but keep your chord voicing the same as you would have over C7. So maybe you go. G minor 9 to C13 to F major. G minor 9, do a C713 in the right hand and, and go to F sharp in the left hand. Oh, crunchy. Crunchy, cr crunchy time. Oh, Captain Crunch, Captain Crunch. Oh, that what? sounds awesome. Yeah. That sounds awesome. And so basically, I've just I've got the same voicing I did here, but it gets crunchy when you go down there. Ooh, I and love it's it. actually kind of an easy way to get into the, to some more alterations on the, on the tritone it. sub. So that's your basic tritone sub. Yes. Right? You just borrow from the dominant chord. 
what's great about it too is it gets that nice half step motion down. Stuff yep. like that. Um, Please don't ever do that. <laughs> don't ever do that. Our second level is the five level of five. Two. Level two. Five of five. Well, what do we mean by five of five? Again, on a two five one, we have our two, we have our five, we have our one. Our two chord is almost always a minor seven, a Dorian seven. Now, one of the first uh, substitutions we learn is to take this two chord and instead of a minor seven, we make it a dominant seven. Yep. Thus making it a five of five. A five right? of five. Now, this. Dominant seven becomes a, like a five. It acts as a dominant chord to that five, to that one, and you just keep going forever. Just always no. But uh, the five of five is a real thing, and you can actually go to a minor sound first if you want. But you could just go straight substitution. You know, even when you're when you're blowing changes, like these are all core, uh, substitutions you can make without really working out anything with the bass player or with the horn players. So um, why don't you give us number five? So Mr. number Manus. five is using the flat three diminished instead of a six chord. So when we have our three six two five uh, here in the key of F, we have A minor seven, and then you might have D seven altered, and then G minor seven, and then C seven to our yeah. one chord, right? Three six two five one. You hear that all the time. A great substitution that works, especially in this scenario, is you could do a tritone sub to just A flat seven, right? That's totally legal. Jazz police will not arrest you for that. Well, yeah. But a great use of the melody usually is with instead of that A flat being a dominant chord to make it a diminished chord. Awesome voice leading. There's so many great voice leading opportunities here. Yeah, so that, if you want to know, is uh, A minor 7, and then A flat diminished, A flat F, B natural, C, C flat, B flat, G natural, B flat, D flat, all these great uh, extended diminished sounds. G minor 11, yeah. G flat uh, 13, sharp 11, that's the tritone sub of the 5, and then F diminished, F major. Those are like all everything we're talking about here. You Actually, let me make on. the G G minor seven a, a dominant chord. <laughs> now we'll have all of them. everything. The pièce de résistance, the five is. Is that a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat? It's five hats. It's five you hats just put five hats, hats on and pulled it off. You know, John, if you really want to get some solid hip voicings that you you know are like at least going to be good, right? If not hip, yeah. every time. Really try to find these fourth voicings, these non-doubled two-handed voicings. Another go-to for me if I want to sound hip, quote-unquote, and yeah. this is just of our generation <laughs> You seem probably. so excited about sounding quote-unquote hip. Yeah, I, just feel, <laughs> I just feel so not hip by saying this. Um, but I think just for even our generation of pianists and musicians. Okay, uh, boomer. Uh, <laughs> any kind of cluster will always kind of yeah. Yeah. You know, cluster on the bottom, cluster Now define on the top. cluster what you're saying, just so because I know that I'm a little misunderstood on what that means. I know what it sounds like, but is there what so would you call cluster? It, I, you know, cluster in a voicing uh, is is could be in any kind of voicing, but it's really just either a half step, sometimes a whole step, depending on right. how you use it. Um, but these three note clusters, especially where you have a cluster of a of a second, either minor or major, yeah, and then you can do thirds or fourths or fifths above that yep. that cluster, and you can just move those around. And we're almost always rootless on those, right? Yeah, there's not. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could even do a root, but it doesn't really matter. They're yeah. kind of more like just a, a color than. Yeah. You know, 
no, but these kind of cluster voicings. I mean, have Herbie Hancock and Chick Corea done more for the cluster voicing than well, anybody yeah, probably? that's what I was saying. It's yeah. like our generation of pianists love yeah. these because of Herbie and Chick or yeah. whatever. So they might even be a little dated. Complexity, I don't think, equals hipness at all. No. Like, you don't don't think you have to have, you know, flat nine, sharp 11 on every voicing and that no. makes it hip. That's not exact. That's not at all. Uh, and I think when, it, when you get into the more complex voicings, be it more... Well, first of all, a lot of very complex sounding voicings don't have as many notes as most people think. Agreed. Because there's, a, you know, really good quality... In general, there's so many exceptions. When you get into voicings, lots of exceptions. Even like with doubling notes, because sometimes that can work great. I mean, you talk about, um, you know, block chord voicings. You know, within the, you can have some doubling in there, and it can sound beautiful. But the 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 complicated voicings that, um, you know, the context of how you play becomes, I think, even more important. Agreed. Because you're you're especially if it's like a dominant chord complex voicing like you just hit. Yeah. You're gonna have a lot of tension there. So if, if it's a time that it needs it, a lot of tension. It's going to be great, you know? That's true, but it doesn't necessarily automatically make no. it. One of my favorite voicings is this. Um, I like that. Yeah. And I consider this like an F add two over A, right? But it works in great context going from... Right. Now, now you're going into a church that's not in Minnesota. It's a different neighborhood. But see. isn't that that's yeah. wonderful, right? It that's is such wonderful. a hip yeah. movement. Well, that's a, a true example of context because if you sat on that first, like that's the thing about triads. It sounds fine on its own. It's yeah, great. it's almost like when you have straight triads, they can work so great because there's nothing stronger in kind of Western tonality than a triad, right? Yeah. Um, Especially after all this. Yeah, yeah. But it's almost like the opposite. If you think about like you know, Bach might go into some some very complex for the time certainly um, harmonic area, and then you finish on a triad. Right. It's a sort of a typical way. Now it may not be this expected try, but you finish there. Whereas in this kind of playing, in like more you know modern contemporary music, you can start on a triad and then start to move away from it, and maybe you come back or not. But it's almost like you hark, you, you, like that second chord you did made the triad hip, even though it happened afterwards. Right. You know? Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That B flat triad now. That's that's the contextual aspect yeah. of any kind of, and that's why I still believe that like the, the, it's very hard to isolate any of these. That's why I was come back to like voicings, chords, voice le voice leading, so important. Like like thinking about this music horizontally as opposed to vertically. You're when, when you get into chords is always going to benefit you for sure. So true. Yeah. Cool. But today we're talking about four tips for making your diminished chords sound hip, and this came up because we got a comment in one of our previous YouTube videos from a few weeks ago uh, where I think it was the one on substitutions, Peter, and, and you were playing that substitution of a diminished chord instead of a one major chord. Uh -huh. You know, the kind of like... resolving right and right, someone right. was like wait is that a is that a diminished chord why would you call a f minor major six a diminished chord whatever because you played basically you borrowed some other notes that weren't strictly those notes we didn't really get into it that much but i thought we could talk about ways uh to make the diminished chord sound hip because to my ears when i hear like intermediate players the diminished chord is always the last thing that gets hippified Everything right. sounds like they could be playing some slick ass right, and they get right. to a diminished chord and they're like, <laughs> it's root <laughs> position Ronald right yeah. there. <laughs> root position Ronald. So a lot of folks don't understand uh, until they get a little bit more advanced how this chord can become something like, say, this chord. 
Be likey, how they be worked. likey. Isn't that nice? And how they work together. Yeah. Uh, so if we take our our diminished chord based off our diminished scale, right? And we use the notes that are missing from that diminished scale. Yeah. Uh, in this case, D, F, A flat, and B. That's the other notes of a diminished scale. And that's a whole other diminished chord. Yes. Right? Those notes are the extensions that we can put on top of a diminished chord. So we, if, if we have our C diminished, any note from D diminished is fair game to put in our voicing, right? This now opens up a world of possibilities. Well, this is like, you know, we're, we're talking about a lot of more kind of angular, um, a lot of higher drama uh, harmonic stuff, which, of course, the diminished lends itself. But one of the areas that we use it, like... You know, where we go almost as a passing um, substitution when we get to a one chord, two, five. So yep. if we look at E flat diminish, that's the minor six, right? Yeah. Or the, yeah, minor six. Ah, sorry. So what did I say? Minor six to natural six. Yeah, so up to here. That kind of thing, as opposed to just sitting within that. I love it, man. I love it. Woo. Oh, no, there is two. That makes sense? It does, man. That sounds so great. Uh, well, cool. this was fun. I hope I hope this cleared up some things and hopefully opened up some doors to other questions that you might have. Awesome. All, All right, right, what's number one so of our... So number one... Are we going to jump right in? Yeah, number okay. one is classic uh, slick turnaround. This is, if you know the tune uh, Lady Bird, uh, classic bebop head, you might yeah. recognize this turnaround. It's one, uh, flat three, uh, flat six, and flat two. Yeah. Now you could do this uh, as a series of major seven chords, as I just did. You could do this as uh, a dominant chord, and then a dominant chord. Yeah, I like that. Uh, all of it is kind of fair game as you get get into it, but practice both for sure. Having this dominant system is really nice to have under your fingers, and then just being able to kind of blow through a series of major seven chords uh, in that structured way. I almost uh, thought you played, but I was hearing it too. It, what good one? All variation is the major. Yeah. A little sus. A little sus. A little sus and you could even go. Oh, I don't know why the sus. It brings out a little vocalese. Then you go another sus. Yeah, yeah. Is that legal? I don't know. I, I, it could be. What I would hear would be like major, sus, and then maybe major again. And then maybe from our last YouTube or previous. Sharp 11, low create. No, not low create. Lydian dominant. Lydian. <laughs> dominant. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, this is level one slick turnaround. This is like your, oh, yeah. your okay. high school player. You hit the jam sessions. Right, right, right. No, Why are you hating on, my, on, on our turnaround, man? No, this, I'm not hating on it. This okay. is, it's classic. Okay. Classic. Okay. Uh, and the next one, you know what the next one we should call? Uh, we should call the, um, uh, the Yardbird Suite. The Yardbird Suite. Right. So this one is four minor. To yep. flat seven dominant. Yep. This has a little relation to something you're going to be doing later too. But 
we'll talk about that we'll later. Talk about that later. But yeah. what's great about this is 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 your classic uh, borrowing from the four minor, borrowing from really uh, key of E flat, if yeah. you can see here. But this four minor is a powerful way to get outside of that harmony of C major, and then that that B flat seven. We call that a false cadence. Hashtag false, false cadence. Hashtag false cadence. Okay. Because it sounds like you're going to go to E flat, right? And, and which you very much well could, but that would not be where we're going here with the turnaround because we didn't really mention turnaround in general has the implication, if not 98% of the time has been proven to end no matter where false it goes or wherever you think it's going to go, it ends back at the tonic. That's right. why you're turning That's, around. It starts and ends. Turning it around. That's yep. exactly correct. Yes. Uh, so the third one, this is the flat five descending. Now, this is one that you play a lot. Right. So you start on, on the flat five. So if we're yeah. in the key of C here, that's G flat or F sharp. Well, let's change it from C. Maybe that's why it sounds so Okay. Plain, let's, really let's do it in like... D flat? Yeah, D okay, flat. So. Cool. So we're going still flat five. Flat five. So you got your G, usually half diminished. Usually right? half diminished. And then you got your G flat, usually minor, could be dominant. It, yeah. either, either works. Yeah. And then you got your three, which minor, could be minor, nine. or it could be like a one over three if you really want to get oh, it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so you got this sound. Yeah. Ooh, come on no. now. Uh, and then you you're got, more like that's like you move from the Ramada in North by the airport to like the W Hotel <laughs> on the other yeah, side, yeah, like downtown, in the hotel. Downtown. So yeah. all right, so we had flat five, four, minor three now, minor three. Yes, yeah, so this might be three, a good minor three, which is usually diminished, but also could be dominant yeah. altered if you wanted. That's why I was thinking even dominant Lydian, Lydian know? dominant. Yeah, yeah. And then two, two, typically minor, typically minor eleven, minor, could minor nine. Could be dominant if you could he also. This is why the Lydian Dominus, man. There's I mean, we didn't talk about this in Lydian Dominus. Agile. Day. We did talk about the two. Yeah. We could go the whole way. Uh, we could. We could. But the reason why this works so well, I think, is because you can keep that tonic on top, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So then you, as you just finished, the flat two major seven. Yeah. 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 Which could be... Yeah, Lydian dominant. Do I'm dominant. on a little bit of a Lydian dominant kick, um, and now this whole cycle too. We can we should just say it could also be. Yeah. Okay, I know I spiced it up a little bit, but basically, oh, I started the wrong place too. Oh no, I started. So instead of like basically you're just going two five two five two five instead of just going down descending right. right. So it'd be like. I like it. Uh, that's the what do we? I don't know what do you want to call that one. I just have flat. The stando. Five. The stando. stando. The stando. This <laughs> is No, we should call it the uh, the uh, the Ramada in North. The Ramada in North. Okay, airport. that one will be called the Ramada <laughs> in North Airport. Okay. Yeah.